0: From NPR and WBEZ, Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. Need a little color in your life? I'm Roy G. Bill, Bill Curtis. And here's your host, 2022's most searched name on Google. When Peter Sagal is doing the searching,
1: it's Peter Sagal. (laughs) Thank you, Bill. Thanks once again to our fake audience. Later on, we're going to be talking to the legendary... Rock guitarist Slash will ask him about the burden of being confused constantly for a punctuation mark. You know, as in, I love everybody in Guns N' Roses. Axel Rose, Slash, Izzy Stradlin. <laughs> <laughs> Please share your burdens with us when you call. The number is 1-888-WAIT-WAIT. That's 1-888-924-8924. Let's welcome our first listener contestant. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me.
0: Hi, this is Troy Blankenstein from Manhattan, Kansas.
1: Manhattan, Kansas. I understand it's a toddling town. What do you do there? I'm a uh, Army Space Operations Officer. Ooh. Wait a minute! You're not in the Space Force, are you? No, I am not in the Space Force. I'm in the in the Army. No, oh, you're in the Army doing space. What does a soldier do in space? What's your job? Uh, we just uh, we help the guys on the ground uh, make their lives a little bit easier. Right. So you're like looking down from you're looking down from the sky. Am, am I? Yeah. I
0: mean, I, I mean, you could pretty much do the job right there. You got it.
1: There you are. <laughs> How, I mean, I know we've got like Google Earth and we've got these satellite pictures and they're pretty good. But I've always assumed that the satellite images you guys get in the military are really good. So can you like look down from the sky and like pick out individual people like you could look at me and see my hairline and go, oh, yeah, there's Segal.
0: Uh, well, well, Peter, I don't, I don't think you're interesting enough for me to come down and look at you, so. <laughs>
1: <Ouch>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry about
1: that. The, the Kansas humor. Well, <laughs> let me introduce you to our panel this week. First up, it's the comedian you can see in L.A. on May 6th at the Regent Theater. It's Christella Alonzo. Hello. Next, a comedian touring the country on his family reunion stand-up tour. Details at tompapa.com. That's right, it's Tom Papa. Hooray! And finally, it's a comedian and author of the wonderful new book. Tell everyone on this train, I love them. It's Maeve Higgins. Hi. Hey. So, Troy, welcome to the show. You're going to play Who's Bill this time. Bill Curtis is going to read you three quotations from this week's news. If you can correctly identify or explain just two of them, you will win our prize. Any voice from the show you might choose in your voicemail. You ready to go? I'm ready. All right. For your first quote, here's well-known actor Daniel Radcliffe. I'm dramatically bored of hearing people's opinions about it. Mr. Radcliffe became a true hero when he became the only person in Hollywood this week to refuse to offer an opinion on what incident at the Oscars.
0: Uh, I'm going to go ahead and guess, uh, the Will Smith slapping of Chris Rock incident.
1: That's exactly right. The slap during last Sunday's award show, actor Will Smith stood up and did us a favor. He gave us all something to talk about, Other than the fact that we still haven't gotten around to seeing Coda, the best picture winner, even though our parents told us it was very sweet. You're right. Smith got up. He slapped Chris Rock for making a joke about Smith's wife's hair loss, leading to a thousand news segments, panel discussions, essays on toxic masculinity and chivalry and violence in Hollywood. And still nobody got the most important lesson. Jokes about bald people are just not funny. (laughs) I have to agree I mean the the amount of times
2: I have hoped or wished silently that my wife would stand up for me and slap someone who made a comment about my hair and she never did it (sighs) because a lot of of times
1: she was the one making the comment (laughs) all right all three of you are have been stand up comedians Mm -hmm. Uh, and and some people were like oh my god this is terrible this is going to encourage other people to get up and attack comedians for jokes they don't like are you guys worried about your safety yeah but it's nothing new I mean really yeah, I think... That's the life, man. Yeah. You're, you're you always... You mean, Will Smith is always getting up out of the crowd and laying yes. one on you. That's we just would, how it works. You we would welcome
2: a slap. How about getting nachos thrown at you after you've ironed your shirt for an hour and a half, or
3: people wrestling
2: you with you in the parking lot?
3: Isn't that awful when they serve food in comedy clubs? That's the worst thing that's ever happened to me in a comedy club, just somebody just like loudly eating pie. In, in front of me. <laughs> How do you loudly eat pie? <laughs> exactly. I guess I shouldn't have handed them the microphone.
1: <laughs> Who goes to a comedy club to eat pie? <laughs> My audience. Seriously. I mean, what? Are you playing in clubs with a two dessert minimum? <laughs> One night only
2: at Marie Callender's. <laughs>
3: It's cute that Daniel Ratcliffe didn't want to say anything about it. That's, really, not, that's, that's really cute. I did this 10-day um, silent retreat before, which yeah. I haven't, haven't stopped talking about it since. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was certainly wishing I was back there this week. So I get it, little Harry really? Potter. Mm-hmm.
1: After an entire week, the incident has been so talked to death, it's going to be the finale of next year's In Memoriam reel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here is your next quote. I can't
0: remember. Was anything
1: happening on that day that Donald Trump might have been talking with people about? That was Dan Rather throwing a little shade on the news that the White House logs show Trump made no phone calls for over seven and a half hours on what particular day? Uh, The January 6th uh, insurrection. Exactly right. January 6th, (laughs) 2021. January 6th committee finally got the call record from Donald Trump's White House on the day of the insurrection. And it starts out, you know, how you'd expect, with lots of calls in the morning to Rudy Giuliani via the White House switchboard and calls to Stephen Miller by drawing a pentagram on the floor. (laughs) Then, (laughs) Uh, nothing, nothing for seven and a half hours during the attack on the Capitol itself. What happened? It's possible his staff just gave him a toy phone to distract mm. him. Yes, I, I know the cow says moo. I need to speak to the general.
4: <laughs> By the way, can we, can we, I just say that January 6th is my birthday.
1: Oh, oh how I don't know how to say to that. Congratulations.
3: So
4: all day long, Trump called me and we were on
3: the phone for seven hours. Talking oh, about my really? birthday. And like, oh my God, girl. Yes. <laughs> in the olden days, didn't they record everything in the Oval Office? and like yeah. that's how they call well, it well uh, Nixon. Richard
1: Nixon did that and then no president yeah. ever did that again <laughs> oh. because Dick Nixon did that and it didn't work out well for
3: whoa, him whoa
4: spoiler I don't. I haven't read it yet
1: <laughs> oh, I haven't, sorry I haven't,
4: I, haven't, I haven't gotten up to Nixon yet hold on
1: there's a, no there's a good movie about it with Robert Redford you'll enjoy it
2: it's <laughs> I don't know why everyone's suspicious and thinks that he may be hiding something I mean he was flushing documents down a toilet yes <laughs>
3: Oh, you think he might have flushed the phone down there? (laughs) Yeah,
2: maybe that's where the phone went. Maybe
1: that's where he flushed the records and then the January 6th committee finds out and they're like, yeah, no, we can live without it. It's (laughs) fine.
3: Do you have those rubber gloves that go up to your (laughs) shoulder? All right.
0: Here is your last quote. On a typical day, it saves our members an
1: astonishing 195 years. That was a senior executive at Netflix as he was celebrating the fifth anniversary of what innovative feature? Uh,
0: is it the the ability to uh, skip the intros or skip
1: to the next That's Whoa. exactly what it is. Well done. The skip wow. intro button. Wow. Netflix's director of product innovation said this week that the skip intro button saves users almost 200 years worth of time every day, which... By coincidence, is just enough time to watch Gray's Anatomy from start to finish.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but it's a
1: but the way he put it, it's such a strange thing to brag about. Oh, you saved people 195 years every day with your skip intro button. So what you're saying is if we just skipped everything on Netflix and canceled our subscriptions, we could all lead meaningful, productive lives instead of (laughs) binge-watching Is It Cake? We'd actually get younger. (laughs) We would reverse the aging process. We'd wake up in the late 18th century. It'd be awesome. (laughs) The only only problem, I mean, it's a great feature. We all love it, especially if you're binge-watching because you just watched the credits last time. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, wouldn't it be a great, Feature that you could use in like the rest of life, you go to a, like a, a trendy restaurant. Like, well, have you dined with us before? Because we do skip intro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know that men are like, hey, if we Netflix and chill, can we skip foreplay? <laughs> hey. <laughs>
3: For the longest time, I thought it was Netflix and chili, and it just meant me eating chili alone and watching <laughs>
2: Netflix. <laughs> Which what's the big deal? You do it all the time.
3: time. <laughs> yes.
1: Phil, <laughs> how did Troy do in our quiz?
0: Troy's a joy. He is Jayhawk
1: strong. Three in a row. Perfect. Congratulations, Troy. All right. Awesome. Thank you. All right. And next time I'm out, I'm out outside, I'll look up and wave hello. Thanks so much for joining (laughs) us. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Right now, panel, it's time for you to answer some questions about this week's news. Cristela, a man in Las Vegas came under some widespread criticism this week after his wife posted a video of him. The scene is she's in labor in the hospital delivery room. And he is right next to her doing what?
4: Playing video games. Exactly right.
1: (laughs) He brought his Xbox from home with a monitor. He is playing Xbox next to his wife who's in labor. It's one of life's greatest moments. You're there with your wife in the delivery room. She's having contractions. The nurses are gathered around and you pull off the perfect kill shot for a victory royale. (laughs) So, so this man, just he set up the whole system in the hospital room, somehow managing to play first-person shooters while encouraging his wife to, like, breathe, honey, you got this. He's not completely I mean, thoughtless, though. He let her play a bit, too, which was great practice for when she murders him later. <laughs> <laughs> you got a lot
4: of downtime. I mean, what are you doing? I, I, I have been
1: through this a number of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Setting
4: up an Xbox?
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> set up Xboxes. Well, I'm older, so in my case, it was the first one was an Atari. Atari you know. uh, yeah, an Atari
4: 7800. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I think
1: my first child was a Nintendo Cube. But at any <laughs>
2: rate, it was one
1: of those sticks, <laughs> one of those sticks with the ball where you. Catch <laughs> it. Yeah,
2: that's
3: it.
1: That's all old I am. Will you grow up, Peter? A
3: wooden hula hoop. A wooden hula hoop, <laughs> sir. Step. <down. laughs>
1: Coming up, it's a Technicolor Bluff, the listener game. called one wait wait to play. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR.
0: From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We're playing this week with Maeve Higgins, Cristela Alonso, and Tom Papa. And here again is your host, a man who keeps hitting the extend intro button to make this <laughs> part of the show go on longer. One of my favorite people, one of the greatest <laughs> men I know, a prince among men, a river unto his people. It's Peter
1: segel Thank you, Bill. Right now it's time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff, the listener game. Call one triple eight. wait Wait, the player game in the air. Hi, you were on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me.
4: Hey, hi, it's Jackie Lovejoy, and I'm in my sunroom in Beverly Hills, Michigan.
1: Whoa, Jackie Lovejoy in Beverly Hills, and you threw in a twist there at the end. <laughs> what is Beverly Hills, Michigan like, and where is it?
4: It's not like 90120. It's uh, We're just about 20 minutes from Detroit. I work in Dearborn. I'm president of the Dearborn Area Chamber of Commerce. And
1: Wait a minute. How can you be president of the Dearborn Area Chamber of Commerce if you don't live in Dearborn? They
4: haven't caught on yet. It's only been nine
1: years. (laughs) Hopefully none of them listen to the show.
4: Oh, no, I'm telling everybody.
1: Well, welcome, Jackie. You're going to play the game in which you have to tell truth from fiction. Bill, what's Jackie's topic? These colors don't run. For Bill and I, there's only three colors that matter. Red, white, and blue. Vive la France! Another color, though made the news this week and our panelists are going to tell you about it. Pick the one who's telling you the true story about color in this week's news. You'll win the wait waiter of your choice in your voicemail. You ready to play? Okay. All right, let's do it. First, let's hear from Cristela Alonzo.
4: A recent TikTok video of one Anthony Lewis of Daly City, California, celebrating his birthday has gone viral, but not for the reason his wife had hoped. (laughs) Anthony is colorblind. So his wife, Anne, surprised Anthony by buying him a pair of those special glasses that allow people who are colorblind to see color correctly. The TikTok video starts out happy. Anthony points at everything in the room, delighted and says, I can't believe how beautiful everything is. And then he looks in a mirror and the smile vanishes. Anthony says, wait, what the hell? Why am I dressed in all purple? The camera person then follows Louis as he runs to his bedroom closet to discover an all-purple wardrobe. It turns out all these years, Anne had told Andrew she had been dressing him in cool slate grays and earth tones, and he was not happy to discover the truth. I'm sorry, honey, but I just love you in purple, Anne replies. But I don't love me in purple, Anthony replied, as he is seen climbing into their bed, getting under purple covers, and putting a purple pillow over his face.
1: A man discovers that he's been wearing purple his whole married life, much to his dismay. Your next story of hues in the news comes from Tom Papa.
2: The U.S. military may be getting a new look, and if they do, we may not recognize it. Based on a new color study, the best way to overtake your enemy is to dress in pink. Research shows that pink, specifically Baker Miller pink, also known as P618 Shouse pink, calms and soothes our emotional energies, relieving feelings of anger and aggression. What better way to lull the enemy into submission than to show up painted in the soft, calming hues of a newborn's onesie? According to Los Angeles-based life coach Billy Lee, when the opposition sees steel gray, they get angry and want to fight. When they see pink, they let their defenses down and want to cuddle. The military wardrobe change would cover everything from pink tanks, rifles, and even pink camo, which could come in handy when stationed in Florida at the
1: Flamingo Sanctuary. The U.S. Army considers going from olive green to pink, for its calming effects, and your last colorful tale comes from Maeve Higgins.
3: Listen up, threes a five is speaking. Here's a real story, <laughs> and you know it's true because it happened on St. Patrick's Day, the day <laughs> Ireland was invented. St. Patrick's Day was about more than corned beef and tears for one school in Indiana. <laughs> (laughs) It was also School Picture Day. You know, the day when teachers get their revenge on kids by making sure to memorialise them at their weirdest looking ages. Mm. Sugar Grove Elementary School got a green screen for School Picture Day, not realising that because School Picture Day fell on St. Patrick's Day, all the kids would be wearing green too. All of the kids showed up wearing green, and the screen blanked out the kids' bodies, leaving the parents to get photos of their kids as they'd never seen them before. No torsos, no butts, just little legs dangling in the air, disconnected from the little heads floating above. Everybody found it hilarious, except for one child who wore a green baseball cap and a mask and ended up looking like the peeping eyes emoji. His mom said, that is a great improvement, sweetie.
1: All right, here are your choices. There was a story about color in the news. Was it from Cristela Alonso, a video going viral of a man who's cured of his colorblindness only to discover his wife has been dressing him like a grape? <laughs> from Tom Papa, the U.S. Army considering changing their color scheme to a calming pink? Or from Maeve Higgins, how St. Patrick's Day ruined a school's picture day when all the kids dressed in green and vanished into the background? Which of these is a real story in the week's news?
5: I'm going to run with uh,
4: our first one with a poor colorblind man who wore purple too much.
1: So you're going to go for Christella's story of the colorblind guy who got the gift of those glasses that provide color vision. And he discovered that his wife had been lying to him all those years about how she was dressing him. Yes, I believe he was horrified. All right. I, I think he would be horrified. All right. To bring you the real answer, we spoke to someone who was actually involved in the real story. My son had a green
3: party at school, so we put him in a green mohawk, a green shirt, lime green shorts, and sent him to school, and I had forgotten it was picture day.
1: That was Amanda Snow, mother of Sugar Grove, (laughs) elementary students Oliver Snow, who, like a lot of his classmates, wore green for picture day and ended up being depicted as a floating head.
4: Oh. So
1: I'm sorry you didn't win a prize, but you did earn a point for Christella for coming up with what I find to be a horrifying story. <laughs> you know, of <if> a marriage <laughs> gone terribly wrong.
5: But nonetheless, thank
1: you so much for playing.
5: No, thanks for having me, guys. Great day. Thank you. It was a well pleasure. Well done, Jackie. Thank Take you. care. <laughs>
1: And now the game where rock gods deign to spend a little time with us mere mortals, even though his very first instrument was a one-string flamenco guitar given to him by his grandma, Slash still managed to become what many believe to be one of the greatest rock guitarists of all time. He's got a new album out with his group Slash, featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. Slash, welcome to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi. <laughs> Hi. How are you? I'm, uh, I'm good. I'm glad to hear it. I, 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 I got to ask though about that thing that we heard. Your first guitar was a one string flamenco guitar?
5: Yeah, I it would say it's sort of a long story. Like it was a, an acoustic guitar that was buried in one of the closets in my grandmother's apartment. And I knew absolutely nothing about guitars. So I started learning songs on the one string. And I learned Days of Confused. And then I learned uh, a couple UFO songs. And there was an Aerosmith song. I don't know. Whatever I could learn on one string, I started doing. So when, when did you finally find out that guitars had more than one string? Well, I mean, I, I knew there was more strings. I I there was a local music school. The teacher over there, his name was Robert Woolen. Still to this day, one of the best guitar players I ever heard play. But uh, anyway, so he taught me how to put the other five strings on. Oh, okay.
1: he actually like said, <laughs> oh, you know, these go here slash. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. Okay, I well, I learned a lot of things about you this week I didn't know. For one thing, that your 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 parents, both of them. We're broadly speaking in show business. Your your mother was a costume designer, right? And she worked with some really yeah. cool people like David Bowie she designed for?
5: My mom was a, a clothing designer, basically. And so she did a lot of um, musicians in the 60s and 70s into the 80s. And then my dad um, designed album covers and he worked for Asylum Records, which was David Geffen's first real record company.
1: Wow. So you you grew up around these amazing musicians in in Laurel Canyon, no less. Of course, it was really great. Great, like you come home from school and wave to Joni Mitchell
5: up in her balcony, that sort (laughs) of thing. No, we my dad did her album covers, and Joni was like a family friend. And my mom did her clothes, and I went to Joni's sessions and all kinds of stuff. Did
1: Did you ever did your mother ever like design one of your onstage costumes? Because that would make her imagine very
5: proud. No, she did make me one of the best pairs of leather pants I ever had, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which they were really, really cool and there's 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 a lot of pictures out there from me back in the day wearing them, yeah. And I wish I still had them, but I I, I traded them with this guy <laughs> for, for stuff. What? was ridiculous, you know? you, what, what, you, you
1: traded, traded for, away traded the leather pants your mom made you? Yeah, but he I mean, got yeah, well, a hat what, out of that's it. That's what happens, kids, you know?
5: <laughs> I mean, traded I've heard stories them. about hitting bottom, but <laughs> that's say, a new one. Just say no to drugs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: like, hi, I'm Slash, and I knew I was in trouble when I traded away my leather pants that my mom made me. (laughs) um we gotta ask if we're talking costumes we gotta ask about the hat which is has become your trademark you you, i've heard you made that hat or you designed it
5: well i just i um i i back in the day you know uh guns i think was playing at the whiskey in like 1985 right and i always wore hats you know like that was always the complete thing to have a you know a lid of some sort and so we were playing the show at the whiskey and I didn't have any money or anything. So I went down to Melrose yeah. and, uh, and went into this store and saw that top hat. And I thought, oh, that's cool. You know, and it was really crowded in there and I just picked it up and walked out. And then I <laughs> went next door and I found a concho belt in there, grabbed that. And then I went back to the apartment where Ashley and I were staying. And I put the concho belt, cut it up and put it around the hat and wore it <laughs> that night. And it just became a thing, you know, it became like, mm. like, uh, almost like my alter ego. Like I could hide in that thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, it's It's kind of amazing, but kind of cool that like the single most famous piece of headwear in rock and roll was stolen. Cause of course that's more rock and roll than like, you know, buying it at target i guess
5: yeah well yeah i don't think we had target back then
1: right? <laughs> back in, you know one of the things one of the things i'm curious about is you 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 and your band became such so iconic I, I just can't i don't know i can't imagine what it's like 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 if you ever walk into like a music store do you know that some idiot is going to be in the corner just butchering <laughs> one of your songs on a you
5: know or, uh, or, or you know, I, It's funny though, because I used to work at a music store at one time. And so I do know what that's like for other to to have guys come in, sit down on an amp and plug in and play any number of Zeppelin or Van Halen songs I've, I've been through. Right. But uh, I don't, I've never actually seen anybody play a Guns N' Roses song in a music store myself personally, but I've heard that that happens. I'm sure. it does. Uh, <laughs> have you ever been like in a Whole Foods and realized that the instrumental music
1: is a sweet child of mine? That that, <laughs> no. comes, that
5: happens a lot. There's really? a lot of, yeah, Muzak versions of songs of our songs. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've heard it in different places and it takes you about five seconds to recognize what it is. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> we understand you have some enthusiasms outside of music. One of them is um the game
5: Angry Birds. Oh, God. Where did you hear that? That was from years ago when Angry Birds first came out. Yeah. I thought, this is the greatest game um and i did i got involved with them i actually recorded some music for them and and i used to go out to finland and hang out at angry <laughs> birds a fun thing that was happening and
1: I'm, I'm just going to assume i don't know much about the rock and roll lifestyle but you can pretty much do anything you want and you're like there's this game on my phone where you throw <laughs> birds at pigs and i want to hang out with the guys who do that
5: well I thought the, the idea and the the uh the graphics were really really original and and great. And so the fact that they were in Finland which is where we were playing I had to go check it out oh, sure. You know?
1: and, well if you're in Finland anyway,
5: absolutely. <laughs> Are there any games as you say that was a little while ago Angry Birds is heyday. Are there any games you're really into now? No. No, I just no, great it was, it was Angry Birds and then and then I sort of You know, that went away and I just got sick of being addicted to my phone. Sure. Um, Once
4: once you're angry at the birds, that's when it's time to stop. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hey, this is great, but we have business to do slash we have invited you here to this time play a game we're calling. Here she is, Miss America. (laughs) What do you ask Slash about? Well, obviously, sashes. Namely, the sashes worn by beauty queens. (laughs) We're going to ask you three questions about beauty pageants of various kinds. Get two right, you'll win the prize. For one of our listeners, the voice of anyone they may choose from our show on their voicemail, Bill, who is Slash playing for? Pat
0: Herman of Los Angeles, California.
1: All right. Here's your first question. Winners of the Miss South Carolina beauty pageant back in the 50s and 60s, in addition to the sash and the crown, also often won the privilege of doing what? A, serving as governor for any one day of their choosing during their year long reign. B, getting to walk on the grass anywhere, even if the sign says stay off the grass. Or C, getting to marry Senator Strom Thurmond.
5: Uh, the only one that sounds even Realistic is the first one. I mean, I mean, because I mean, I'd feel sorry for the grass. If it, you know. And and marrying a senator—that's just not happening. I couldn't be right, <laughs> except for is South Carolina. So that's yeah. probably the right answer. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: well, in fact, it is the right answer. Uh, Strom Thurmond uh, <laughs> married two different Miss South Carolinas in his lengthy career. Each, Oh, so that's a joke. Were... Okay. I no, it's, right. yeah, it's sort of, but it did happen. Strom Thurmond right. married two different Miss South Carolinas who were both 22 years old at the time. And he did that 20 years apart. He was, Whoa. he got around old Strom. All right. If if you're not into Miss America, there are other titles a pageant contestant can vie for, including which of these: a Miss Neurotoxin, b America's Greatest Cyber Ninja, or c the Armpit Queen. And this is a real thing. You're this is asking. Is a me. real thing. One of these things, only one, actually happens every year.
5: I have to go t- with t- the the Cyber Ninja.
1: The America's Greatest Cyber Ninja. I don't know what the f- I'm doing. I'm just. going. <laughs>
3: Slash, neither do we
5: and yet here we are It's just was the coolest name i mean the, the neurotoxin one was pretty cool but cyber ninja is pretty cool so
1: yeah i know i know it is a cool name i'm just gonna say like christella you're the super fan
5: here do you want to help him out if you can
4: uh i don't know
5: yeah don't so know. then then i have to go for the first one because if it's the armpit thing i'm just i'm not playing anymore <laughs> <laughs> well slash it's been great having you in the show because
1: it is in fact the armpit queen Uh, There's a town called Battle Mountain, Nevada, and it was named the Armpit of America by Gene Weingarten of the Washington Post, officially, so they decided to embrace it. All right. People sometimes criticize pageants, beauty pageants, for just encouraging women to care about their looks. Well, in Venezuela, they kind of embrace that. They hold an annual pageant to honor what? A, the best plastic surgery, B, the most attractive Barbie doll, or C, the blondest blonde.
3: Hmm
5: most attractive Barbie doll
1: you're right
3: yeah. you nailed it <laughs>
1: did you do it by reverse psychology thinking like yes. well, it can't be <laughs> it is true they have a Miss Barbie doll contest people dress up their Barbie dolls they have it at a very <laughs> tiny stage in Caracas Venezuela every year Bill how did slash do in our quiz got two out of three so he is a winner squeezed one in absolutely that's bill he decides you win congratulations (laughs) slash's latest album is four slash thank you so much for joining us you thrilled us all by sharing some time thank you man it's
5: been really fun and different talking to you guys take care
1: Bye. Bye. all right
5: have a good one you guys cheers
1: In just a minute, Bill insists that what he's doing is totally legal. You can't arrest him. It's the Listener Limerick Challenge. Call one wait wait to join us on the air. We will be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Support for NPR and the following message comes from KiwiCo. Spring is perfect for discovery. It brings new opportunities for kids to connect with the world around them. KiwiCo helps kids of all ages spark curiosity, creativity, creativity, and a lifelong love for learning with monthly hands-on science and art projects. Explore the season of discovery with a Kiwi Co subscription. Get 30% off your first month free, plus free shipping on any crate line at kiwico.com forward slash wait. From NPR and WBEZ
0: Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. The NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Maeve Higgins, Tom Papa, and Cristela Alonzo. And hearing again is your host. He's a sweet child of mine, Peter Sagan.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Bill. In just a minute, Bill holds a candle in the cold November rhyme in our Listener Limerick Challenge. If you'd like to play, give us a call at 1-888-WAIT-WAIT. That's one 924 8924 But right now, panel, some more questions for you from the week's news. Or to put it another way, welcome to the jungle. Maeve, this week, the New York Times reported on the teenage practice of mask fishing. What is mask fishing?
3: Oh, instead of catfishing.
1: Exactly. So mask fishing is?
3: When you um, think it's somebody else behind the mask or you're pretending to be somebody else behind the mask.
1: I'll give it to you when you're pretending to be more attractive than you are. As you say, it comes from catfishing. Well, except in this case, you're not pretending you're, you know, like, say, a beautiful young woman. You're pretending you're able to grow a real mustache rather than the sad, dead caterpillar stuck in your upper lip. Oh, and, no. and, and this is becoming more obvious. The more restrictions are easing. So, you know, like the guy who is still wearing his mask outside by himself after his third booster oh. in New Zealand,
3: oh. assume he has no teeth. Or he has, like, three rows of them or something.
1: Something. He's got his upper teeth, his lower teeth, and his middle teeth? Oh, yes. I think you would hide that.
3: (laughs) Oh, that's so tricky. I mean, it's already so hard being a teenager. I don't know. But I guess it's something interesting. You know, if you have kind of like a say, like a dull face. Like, I would say I have, like, a pretty, you know, that's why I have a necklace, earrings, brighten up a dull face. (laughs) If I had the option... It's nice to add some color with, I don't know, like a monocle or a mask or something.
1: As a bald guy, I don't have a good face or a bad face. I just have a lot of face.
3: <laughs> Wait, you're not allowed to make bald jokes. I am. Peter.
1: One can make bald jokes. I'm going to need you to back. slap yourself in the face
3: right now. Boosh.
1: <laughs> Keep my own name out of my effing mouth. Christella, Congressman Madison Cawthorn got in deep trouble with his Republican Party leaders this week, for suggesting that they sometimes do what?
4: Orgies and coke. (laughs)
1: That's
4: exactly right.
1: (laughs) So Cawthorn, who's a character, said he'd been talking to senior Republican politicians, people, quote, he'd admired his whole life, and, quote, then all of a sudden you get invited. We're going to have a sexual get-together at one of our homes. You should come, unquote. (laughs) And please take it from us at NPR. That is exactly how people extend invitations to orgies.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like someone got filibusted.
1: <laughs> now, Cawthorn is notorious for making stuff up. But still, what's amazing is after everything he has done, this is what got him in trouble with his party. Apparently, and this is true, a lot of politicians' wives started asking them about those, quote, late-night caucus meetings they were always at. And so they got mad at him. And he had to, he had to backtrack. He had to say he made it up.
3: Because they don't like when their wives talk to them. <laughs> yes, exactly right. Don't you
1: understand? I have to talk to my wife. She's curious about this. Mave, as mm-hmm. I'm sure you know, uh, there are different categories of fun, officially. And this week the Washington Post investigated type 2 fun. Type 1 fun, in case you were wondering or didn't know, is like the obvious fun. Like let's go down to the beach and have some margaritas or let's hang out and have a nice dinner. Mm -hmm. So you're having so in type 1 fun, you're enjoying yourself. Type 2 fun, you are
3: enjoying someone else. No. (laughs) (laughs) Or like
1: (laughs) it's very different from the type of fun where you're enjoying yourself. It's the type of fun where you are.
3: Oh, like achieving something. It's like you're actually just, <laughs> like you're having fun, but not in an obvious way. But but actually later you think, that wasn't too bad.
1: That's exactly right. Type one fun. That's when really you like just doing something obviously fun. Dancing, if you like to dance. Going down, sitting on the beach, surfing, whatever. But type two fun is the kind of thing that you're doing that you're not necessarily, or probably not enjoying it in, in the moment. But later on you look back and go, man, that was great. So uh, ah. obvious examples are, um, hmm. you know, climbing a mountain. running a marathon (laughs) type three fun in case you're wondering isn't fun at all doing things like classifying the different kinds of fun (laughs) so one person in the post says an example of type two fun is disneyland because you have to wait in long boring lines and put up with the heat and the crowds Mm. but then you get to like ride a cool ride when you think about it like most of life is type two fun you have a job it's miserable but it gets you money which gets you drugs and that's fun (laughs)
3: All right, Slash. Somebody's been talking to Slash and thinks he's so cool now. Someone's going to sell leather pants, (laughs) no. Someone's
1: leaving the show for a sexy (laughs) get-together. Sexy gathering is like type one fun. Sexy gathering (laughs) with Madison Cawthorn, no fun at all. (laughs) Coming up, it's lightning fill-in-the-blank, but first it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you'd like to play on air, call or leave a message at one eight eight eight. 888 wait wait That's one 888 8924 or click the Contact Us link on our website, waitwait.npr.org. You can also find tickets there to our upcoming shows at Wolf Trap Ooh. in Northern Virginia on August 25th and 26th. Mm-hmm. Great place. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, do Tell Me.
5: Hi, Peter, this is Chris Tillingham, and I'm calling from Atlanta, Georgia.
1: That is great. We were just in Atlanta. Uh, I love Atlanta. What do you do there?
5: I, uh, I work in the film industry. I, uh, I'm in a department known as craft service.
1: Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. You, Yum. I mean, you're in craft services. Okay. So
3: do thank you for ha- your service, sir. It's a,
5: it's a, it's a, I'm, I'm very grateful for it. I'm, I'm very oh. grateful
1: for it. I've met some craft services people who were, like, really good at their jobs. For example, one, I was on a shoot, and there was, like, a big fruit plate. And I would keep over, I would go over and get some grapes. And every time I took a bunch of grapes, I would turn my back and the craft service person would instantly replace it with an identical bunch of grapes.
0: It's the same grapes, Peter. You never had them. (laughs) (laughs)
1: special effects man they're cgi
4: those grapes have been dead for 30 years.
1: (laughs) well chris welcome to the show bill curtis is going to read you three news related limericks with the last word or phrase missing from each if you can fill in that last word or phrase correctly in two of the limericks you will be a winner ready to play absolutely okay here is your first limerick
0: the address they had was a fail so the post office Held a big sale. I enter the game when a box isn't claimed. I buy
1: and I open old... Mail. Yes, indeed. This week we learned about the newest money-making opportunity, opening other people's mail. Now I know what you're thinking. Isn't that illegal? Apparently not if it's undeliverable. Like they always say, one man's mistyped apartment number on a heartfelt gift to his granddaughter is another man's treasure. (laughs) So the way it works is if the post office decides something is undeliverable, and they can't give it back to whomever sent it. They just sell it off in bulk. And one woman has a very popular TikTok in which she just buys these packages in bulk for like a buck apiece. And then she opens them on camera to see what's inside. And she's found some valuable stuff like, you know, electronic stuff or gift cards. She also found a package of toenail clippings, oh, which mm-hmm. is the second worst thing that ever happened to her next to the guy getting in touch and saying, you found them. <laughs> <laughs> all right chris here's your next limerick
0: when vr is done very well it can feel like i'm really in hell the headset excretes quiffs of sulfurous feet because this video game includes
5: no. smell
1: smell yes smell Please out Virtual reality type video games are even more intense when you include realistic smells. It's true. You haven't really played Sonic the Hedgehog till you've smelled him mark his territory. So scientists <laughs> got some people who were playing Resident Evil 7. That's a horror video game. And they presented them with synthetic smells, including rotting food, corpses, and smoke, which sounds kind of disgusting. But in actuality, it is. And the <laughs> study found that the addition of odor greatly increased participants' sense of sort of presence within the virtual space. They felt much more like they were actually in the room fighting zombies. For And it works across all platforms. For example, in Pac-Man, once you smell those white dots, you understand why he cannot stop eating them.
4: <laughs> <laughs> California Adventure, the amusement park, has yes. a ride mm-hmm. called Soaring that yes, does that. Right. Oh, everybody like, loves Soaring. I do Soaring. The, the
3: club. Part. Well, like, not, so well first it... of
4: all, don't yell at me. Oh, my God.
3: No, I honestly kidding. never I never heard of it before. I only heard of, like, it's a small world, and then they, they, you smell different children as you go around, and it is uh, well, not yeah. pleasant. Uh, no. Uh,
1: no. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, especially when you get to the adolescent section, because those guys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here is your last
0: limerick. Though the runway is paved with regret, my kids' quinceanera is set. Her party will fly over Mexico's sky. We are renting the president's... Jet?
1: Jet, yes. The president of Mexico has been desperately trying for three and a half years to sell the luxurious official presidential jet that was purchased by his predecessor. So this week, after not being able to find anyone to buy it, they announced it is available to rent for weddings, canseñeras, you know, you can just get it and pretend you're president for the day.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Do you, I wonder how much it is. Because it feels like, you know, if it was if it was cheap. Would you, you do, do it? it? I mean, you could fit. How many people can you fit in? 300 people. And if it was Probably. just like $300 each or something, and then you could all. <laughs> well, <the problem laughs> It'd be is very that... uncomfortable.
2: I like how you have the opportunity to create a party and you're creating JetBlue. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations!
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm in a I really just... <laughs> itchy uniform for some reason. <laughs>
0: Bill, how did Chris do in our quiz? Chris served up a perfect score with real grapes this time. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Chris, thanks so
1: much. And if I ever get to be in a movie in Atlanta, I'll look oh, for you. Please do. Thanks, Good job, Chris. Have a good week. Now on to our final game, Lightning Fill in the Blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill-in-the-blank questions as they can. Each correct answer now worth two points. Bill, can you give us the scores? A mave has two. Tom (gasps) has two. Christella has whoa. Wait for it. Four. Oh my gosh. How is that even possible? (laughs) Christella, you are in first place. The other two are tied for second. So let's just say, Tom, arbitrarily, you go first. The clock will start when I begin your first question, fill in the blank. On Wednesday, officials in Russia downplayed reports of progress in their peace talks with blank. Ukraine. Right. On Monday, the White House unveiled a new $5.8 trillion blank. Budget. Right. This week, a federal judge ruled that President Trump, quote, more likely than not, unquote, tried to illegally overturn the blank. The election. In 2020. On Wednesday, Oklahoma and Arizona became the latest states to ban transgender students from participating in blank. Sports. Yes, a mugger in Ohio who stole $80 from a man at a gas station this week was confident he would get away because he blanked. Had roller skates on. No, because he made his victim pinky swear not to call the police. (laughs) This week, scientists finally finished fully decoding the human blank. Genome. Right, at Prince Philip's memorial service on Tuesday, blank made her first public appearance in months. The Queen. Yes, Elizabeth, this week police in England tracked down a prolific bike thief after they blanked. After they set a bicycle trap. No, after they saw (laughs) his giant pile of stolen bicycles from space. (laughs) The mountain of stolen bikes was so enormous it was easily seen on satellite photos taken from orbit. Police opened an investigation into the thefts after someone on the International Space Station looked out the window and said, Hi, I'd like to report a Stonehenge made of bicycles. (laughs) Bill, how did Tom Papa do in our quiz? Well, he had six right for 12 more points. He now has 14 and the lead. Maeve, you are up next, fill in the blank. According to a new poll, the majority of Americans now say they've contracted blank at some point in the last two years. Oh, COVID-19. Yes. This week, a mom in New York who scored tickets for her and her daughter to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers was disappointed when she realized blank.
3: Oh, the poor man died.
1: No. What happened was she had actually bought tickets to see the all-bagpipe band, the Red Hot Chili Pipers. (laughs) And ladies and gentlemen, this keeps happening. Please check your tickets before leaving the box office. Country music star Eric Church apologized to fans this week after he canceled a sold-out show in San Antonio because blank.
3: He got COVID.
1: (laughs) No, he didn't. He canceled the show because he wanted to watch the UNC Duke NCAA basketball game.
3: Oh, well, I don't know what that is.
1: (laughs) Hey, Bill. How did Maeve do in
0: her quiz? Well, she was close to a personal best (gasps) with one right. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) For two more points, she now has four.
1: But Tom still has the lead with 14. (laughs) So how many then does Christella need to win? Oh, Christella needs six to win. Here we go, Christella. Fill in the blank. On Tuesday, the CDC and the FDA approved a fourth blank for people over the age of 50.
4: Booster shot.
1: Yet on Monday, President Biden said he was speaking from a place of moral outrage, not policy, when he said blank cannot remain in power. Putin. Right. This week, the White House announced a plan to release up to one million barrels of blank per day from National Reserves. Oil. Right. On Monday, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed the so-called blank bill into law.
4: Um, uh, don't say gay.
1: Right, exactly. Uh, gay. 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 This week, a woman in California was arrested after she was caught driving a stolen car to blank. To work. To her court appearance for stealing a different car. Oh. After a <laughs> lengthy blackout, blank games are once again being aired in China. Um, b- basketball. Yeah, NBA games. After being diagnosed with aphasia, blank announced he was retiring from acting. Uh, Bruce Willis. Right. According to a new study from Scotland's Parks Department, the best way to avoid injury while hiking in the Scottish mountains is to not blank. Hike. No, is to (laughs) not. That would work, but they announced that the best way to avoid injury, serious injury, is to not be a man staring at his phone. The vast (laughs) majority of injuries to hikers in the mountains of Scotland happens to men, and the majority of those men happen to be on their phone at the time. In fact, being a man Mm -hmm. is so detrimental to a hiker's health that of the 114 fatalities studied over the last decade, 104 were men, and the 10 women who died were just holding a man's hand while he accidentally stepped off the ledge because he was looking at Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Bill, did Christella do well enough to win? She got six right for
0: 12 more points, which means... Yeah, she won! Wow! Whoa!
1: Whoa! You see, you doubted yourself. (laughs) Whoa! Whoa! Whoa. In just a minute, our panelists are going to predict what will be the big thing we'll all be talking about after next year's Oscars. But first, let me tell you... Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago in association with Urgent Haircut Productions' Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord. Philip Gotica writes our limericks. Our tour manager is Shayna Donald. BJ Lederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Miles Dornboss, Lillian King, and Nancy Sechow. Our production assistant is Sophie hernandez Seminides Special thanks to Vinnie Thomas. Peter Gwynn is our speed force. Enter him. Technical direction is Melorna White. Her CFO is Colin Miller. Our production manager is Robert Newhouse. Our senior producer is Ian Chillog, And the executive producer for Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is Mike Danforth. Now, panel, what will be the big story out of next year's Oscars? Gustella Alonso.
4: Um, I think Meryl Streep will elbow drop Taylor Swift.
2: Why not? <laughs> Tom Papa. They're going to move it to Austin, Texas and put it in the
1: octagon. <laughs> and Maeve Higgins.
3: The story of how Michael B. Jordan proposed to his Irish girlfriend right after she won her four Oscars.
0: Well, if any of that happens, we'll ask you about it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank
1: you, Bill Curtis. Thanks also to Christella Alonzo, Tom Papa, and Maeve Higgins. Thanks to all of you for listening. We're so glad you joined us this week. I'm Peter Sagal, and we will see you next week. This is NPR.